premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired and preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. All right, hey folks, this is Joe Rusiello, and welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I'm going to tell you, I, I must have stopped and re-recorded this thing Oh, I, I don't know, about 20-something times already. I have the biggest problem, the biggest struggle is getting this opening down. I don't know why, I just do. So uh, just pray for me as, as we go forward here. But welcome to the show. I, I appreciate you listening in wherever you are, whenever you're listening, or on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And also I want to say thank you to those of you who have sent me emails uh, and uh, it's great to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. You're a tremendous encouragement to me. Uh, even the criticism, that's a, it's a big encouragement. It, 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 uh, it motivates me, and it, it tries, to make, tries to get me to do better with each episode. And I don't know how successful I am with that. I don't feel like I am, but we're getting there. Uh, and uh, also, um, I just want to say thank you to our donors. Uh, without you, this you, we would probably be shutting down very shortly and not being able to add some of the new content that we're slowly, slowly rolling into the show. So, uh, again, thank you very much. So, uh, if you haven't been there already, why don't you go to our website at sword of the spirit podcast.com sword of the spirit podcast.com. Sorry. I know it's a long one, but there are longer addresses out there. Uh, if you go to that last page, you can uh, fill out the contact us form and send me a message. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Uh, if I haven't heard from you already, and I promise you, I will get back to you. Uh, it may take me a little bit, but I promise you, I will. And uh, uh, also, you could, uh, if you don't want to use the contact form, you could send me an email directly at info at sort of the spirit podcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, like I said before, our church is allowing us to use the church's Facebook page to post our audio. Again, you could find us on Facebook at um, uh, First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Uh, our audio will be uploaded there. And uh, again, thank you to our pastor for allowing us to uh, connect that way. Um, while you're on our, our website, there's a little button on there that says uh, support this podcast. And uh, I am terrible at, at asking for help and for asking for money or anything like that. And I promise you, I am not looking to make any money. I am not looking to line my pockets in any way. But if you can contribute something to help us to just kind of defer the expenses of running the podcast and the website and, and all the other things that we're trying to do, uh, I would really appreciate that. You can just click that link and you can make a uh, recurring monthly donation of either $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99, however the Lord leads you. And I want to say thank you to those of you who already have contributed something. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. You may have heard the new intro. Uh, coming in, uh, we got the the deep voice movie guy to to do an intro for us, and I appreciate that. Um, we also had uh, last week we debuted a reading, a script that we had submitted uh, on the on the on the Holy Bible on the, on God's Word, the King James Bible, and uh, so I think that was a tremendous blessing, and we'll be using that repeatedly as we go forward, and. Uh, yeah, so we got good things coming. So if you could, if 
the Lord leads you to do it, any contribution you can make would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And thank you. Thank you very, very much. I, we do appreciate it. Um, what else do I have here for you before we start moving into the study? So uh, we, we're studying First Thessalonians chapter 5 now. We're moving into the last chapter, or we're actually in the last chapter of First uh, Thessalonians. And this is going to be the last study uh, we're going to do on First Thessalonians. And then we're going to do something. We're going to start something new next week. And uh, so I'm excited to get into it. It's kind of a, a long study tonight, today. And um, so we're going to try to get into it as quickly as possible. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I do just want to remind you about some of the prayer requests that have come in. And um, let's see. We want to continue to pray for... Um, for uh, Bernice, our sister Bernice uh, in our church, she's uh, been struggling with cancer, uh, and we're, we're still praying for her and praying for the treatments that she's getting, and we're praying for her husband, Adam, and uh, we want to keep them in prayer. And then we also want to pray for salvation for my good friend David back in New York. Uh, I've told his story before. David, I've uh, witnessed to David many, many times over the years. And uh, he's rejected it just about every time. So we want to pray for David, uh, pray that he would get saved, that the Lord would just grab a hold of him and do whatever it takes to get his attention and get him saved. Uh, also want to pray for my mom, my sister, and my granddaughter. Uh, I also want to pray for my in-laws uh, for salvation as well. And then uh, uh, through our email, we received a message from, from Cynthia, who is uh, not feeling well, and she's asked for some prayer for that as well. So we'll, we're going to pray for Cynthia. So our Heavenly Father, we just commit all these uh, prayer requests uh, to you, Lord. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to approach the throne of grace and lay the petitions of our heart before you, Lord. And we trust, Father God, that you would answer those prayers accordingly. Lord, uh, we pray for, for Bernice uh, for struggling with cancer, and we pray for her treatments. We pray that you use the doctors in a mighty way, Lord, just to, uh, to bring healing to her body. Lord, we want to pray for her husband, Adam, who is picking up... Uh, who's, who's uh, picking up the slack and dealing with the kids and getting her back and forth to her appointments and being there as a, as a tremendous support to her, Lord. Uh, we thank you for that, and we thank you, Lord, for uh, what he does for us in the community as well. And Father, we want to pray for uh, my family. We want to pray for my in-laws. We want to pray for their salvation. And, Lord, also we want to pray for David. We want to lift him up to you, and, Lord, we just pray that you would just get a hold of him, Lord, and that you would lead him uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and Lord, that he would be saved. And Father, also, we want to lift up Cynthia to you, and we pray for her health, we pray for her stability, and Lord, we just ask you to be a special blessing to her uh, as she walks and grows in her knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to commit this study to you today, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, what else do I have here for you as we get into this before we uh, take our first little break and get set up? and uh, and start our study. I don't seem to have all of my papers here in front of me in order, so I apologize for that. Uh, and I'm not going to start over again because we're already almost seven minutes or plus into it, and I just don't want to start over again. So so uh, I think this would be a good time for us to take a break. Uh, so while we go do that, why don't you go grab your Bible, grab a cup of coffee, grab a bottle of water, and when we come back from this break... We're going to get into the last study of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll see you as soon as we get back. 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, this is Brother Joe Rusiello. And uh, something that came to mind while we were taking that short break there, uh, just to remind you, uh, June 19th is Father's Day. And uh, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to have a live broadcast on Spreaker that, uh, on, uh, on Father's Day. That's June 19th. We're going to have that live broadcast at 2 p.m. Central Time. So if, you, uh, if you're hearing and you'd like to tune into a live broadcast, uh, please do so on Spreaker.com. You can just go to our website, SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com, click on the Spreaker link. It'll take you to it. And we're going to try to get a player on the homepage to, uh, to our website uh, that'll link us to Spreaker so you can hear it live. And then that same audio will be available as an archive on all of our other platforms uh, after the show is over. Um, uh, on that Sunday, and then also there will be the usual Monday morning Bible study that will be uh, uploaded and available on uh, on that June 20th at 11 a.m. Central Time. So hopefully you've uh, gotten your Bible and you're ready to go. You got your coffee. I have mine. I'm going to need it. But uh, here we are uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Lord, we ask you to bless our time and study this morning, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and let's pick up in verse number 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. So now if you, if you wanted to put a study uh, or a title to this study uh, this morning, I, I guess you could probably call it Practical Christianity. See, Paul lays out five things that he's stressing to these Thessalonians uh, as far as their personal behavior goes, uh, a practical standpoint to their faith. Now, uh, the first one we're going to look at uh, is that a Christian should be respectful to their leaders. A Christian should be respectful to their leaders. Uh, you know, the Lord appoints leaders in churches. Uh, he gives spiritual gifts. And all of us, all of us have a different gift. 
Some are pastors. Some are teachers. Some have the gift of praise, uh, to pray, to encourage. You know, all, all of those things are gifts that are given to people. And the challenge really is to find out what your gift is and then to utilize it to the glory of God and your own benefit as well as others. Now, uh, according to Paul, Christians should accept their leaders. All right, so let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, here, Paul is convinced that if somebody's a pastor in a church, uh, that, that they have a position that's been created by God to be the pastor, the leader in the church that the Lord Jesus Christ initiated. And over in Ephesians chapter 4, and if we look at verse 7, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So uh, everyone, every one of us is given this grace as a gift by the Holy Spirit. Verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So he gave us different gifts, all right? And he expects us to take those gifts that he's blessed us with, and he expects us to use them. And uh, there's a real benefit to the body of Christ as a whole um, when you find out what your gift is and when you start to use it. You know, you use it to enrich the body of Christ, uh, to enrich the local church. I mean, that's the responsibility that each one of us has, uh, is to figure out what that gift is. And, you know, you might be sitting there and might be thinking to yourself, well, what, do I, what kind of gift do I have? Trust me, you know, be assured of the fact that you have a gift. We all do. We all have a gift. Like it says in verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Um, but the list can go on, couldn't it? Sure it could. You know, the body of Christ, the body of Christ is a myriad of different parts. And not all the parts function the same way. And if you think about it like this, it's just like a human body. All right. Uh, you have parts of the body that, that can do one thing and that can't do anything else. You know, and I, and I think that's a pretty good analogy uh, that Paul uses uh, for the body of Christ in this instance. So uh, now we're supposed to honor our leaders as well. We're supposed to honor our leaders as well. So take your Bibles and turn to First Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. So um, in order for a church to function correctly, we have to have certain do's and don'ts, don't we? I mean, that's, that's common sense. Uh, and we as a congregation, uh, we have a responsibility to whoever the pastor is. All right, we have to treat him the way the Bible says to treat him. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, and let's look at verse 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders that rule, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. All right, now there's a ca there's a caveat there, isn't there? It says if they rule well. Now uh, in in Timothy, Paul goes into a rather lengthy d discourse on false doctrine and false teachers that can arise in a church. And, and we are to test those folks, all right? That's what we have to do. Uh, you know, you just can't believe everything that you hear. You have to test it by the book, right? You have to test it. I mean, that's why we have Bible studies, right? So we can indeed do that. So, you know, we have to check. We have to test what's right and what's wrong, uh, what's correct and what's not. 
what does the word of God say about a particular thing, right? Well, let's look at verse 18. Verse 18. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. So you have a pastor in place. You know, we have a pastor in place at our church, and he does a terrific job. He really does. We really are blessed to have Pastor Monk and his family, you know, and, and he, he's worthy of whatever rewards we can give him. And that includes, without a doubt, our respect. That includes our prayers. That includes any monetary compensation. You know, all of that stuff, and he, and, and he is indeed worthy of it. The Bible just says that. Uh, and, you know, there really is no, to me, there's no question about it. You know, uh, now we're supposed to love the leaders and follow the leaders as well. Now, loving can take on many different aspects, right? I mean, praying, you know, praying for the pastor and his wife and his family, you know, doing things like that. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you truthfully. I mean, the church that I'm in right now, First Baptist Church of Eagle, of Eagle Pass, it, it's a great church as far as that goes. And it's probably one of the best churches I've been in. Uh, as far as showing love toward each other and the pastor. Uh, and, and this is what First Thessalonians is really trying to teach us. Uh, this is what Paul is trying to get across to, his, to this church in Thessalonica. But, um, of course, we can take, we can certainly take everything that's written here and put it up there, put it up here in our minds and our, in our heads and, and, and remember it, you know, because, you know, we do tend to forget stuff, don't we? Yeah, we do. You can, you can admit it. We do. And, uh, you know, these are just reminders of how we're supposed to treat our pastor. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, let's look at verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So remember them. You know, remember them in prayer. Remember them in deeds. Look at verse 17, the same chapter. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they, as, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. So in other words, if you get into a situation where, where nobody likes the pastor and he knows it, is that a profitable situation for him or the folks in the congregation? Well, no, of course not. Of course not. You know, um, in our church, we have a great situation there. We have, we have a really strong leader in our pastor. And, you know, we have the Bible here. Uh, you know, it's a Bible-believing, it's a Bible-preaching church. And thank God for it. Thank God for it. You know, we don't take any other doctrines. We don't take any other sources of information and place them above the book. The Bible's clear. And, uh, and this is Paul here in a nutshell showing people how to live in a very practical way and also a very biblical way. Now, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here, and then when we come back, we're going to pick it up with different kinds of leadership. And uh, this is the Sword of the Spirit, and we will be right back. Pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood, and God said. 
since then I walk in forgiveness and all of my guilt was erased the chains of the past are broken at last I got saved oh I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right He got a hold of my life I got Jesus How could I want more? I receive nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross And God saved Oh, I got saved, I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord, I'm restored and made right, He got a hold of my life, I've got Jesus, how could I want more? The love of God gave me His pardon, the love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God pulls me up higher, His will is stronger, that's why I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right, He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus, how could I want more? I'm restored and made right, He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus, how could I want more? I got Jesus, how could I want more? All right, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is uh, Joseph Ruscello. I almost forgot my name there for a second. Um, so we are here starting, studying First Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, right now we're going to look at uh, different kinds of leadership. Uh, so there are different kinds of leadership. Amen? Amen. Uh, they're not supposed to be a dictatorship. And let's, tur- let's turn over to First Peter. Let's turn over to First Peter. So uh, your leadership is not supposed to be a dictatorship. First Peter, uh, a leader sets an example. Uh, he pays the price and he, he seeks to help others in Christian love. That's what a good leader does. That's exactly what a good leader does. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. So now Peter is talking to the pastors, and he's talking to the leaders in the church here. All right, He goes on, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger... Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. So there it is right there. That's the attitude. That's the attitude that we have to have toward each other. For God resisteth the proud 
and giveth grace to the humble. And we see that every day, don't we? Uh, when you have a humble spirit and you have a loving spirit, you know, it's its own reward. Amen. You know, our church honestly has a great spirit and, you know, we should all be extremely thankful for it. So godly leadership is often criticized as well. Let's get a couple of examples of that. Let's go over to, um, let's see, let's go over to, I can't read my handwriting, uh, Exodus, Exodus, Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. So it's, uh, you know, it's easy to be critical if you're not thankful. Amen. I mean, that's the key. If you're thankful, it's very, very difficult to be critical. Exodus chapter 16, and let's look at verse 1. Now, of course, this is our, uh, this is our classic group of Israelites, right? Always happy. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're always, you know, everything's always perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse, verse 1. Verse 1. And they, took their, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin. Well, that's an interesting name, isn't it? Amen. Which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. So they're about a month and a half out of Egypt here. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God... We had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and we did eat bread to the full for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I mean, really? I mean, don't you think they're just exaggerating just a, just a little bit there? Verse 4. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. So the Lord here is saying, it's okay, fine. I'll take care of this problem, Moses. Don't worry about it. Now let's look at another one. Chapter 17. Chapter 17 and verse 1. And you know, here we go again. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? So basically Moses here is saying, you know, hey, where's your thankful heart? Where's your thankful heart? What are you thankful for right now? You know, this problem will be taken care of. The Lord's not going to let them die of thirst, right? Uh, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt? to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. I mean, it's just the same old thing with this group of people, no? It's kind of a picture of our lives too. I mean, I mean, we can get that way. We can get that way very easily, you know. But of course, you know, the Bible says that you don't have to. You don't have to be that way. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, what shall I do to this people? they be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thy hand, and go. So in other words, that staff that, that he held up when they crossed the Red Sea, he's saying, Take that with you. Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock in Horeb. Thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now, uh, and 
and, and this is the time that Moses did exactly what he was instructed to do with the staff, right? He went and he smote the rock. And uh, there's another instance over in Numbers. Let's look over there. Numbers chapter 16, um, where, where the Lord instructed Moses to simply stretch forth the rod, but Moses decided to strike the rock instead. And what happened? That cost him his entrance to the promised land, right? Numbers chapter 16 and verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, and the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, and every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then ye... With, wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. So again here they're criticizing their, the leadership. They're questioning the leadership. And the Lord treated that pretty harshly if you read through to the rest of the chapters. You know, it's, pretty, it's really pretty dramatic. And he wasn't too happy with that. And let's look at one more. Uh, Numbers chapter 20. Now uh, this is the story actually. I'm sorry, but this I got out of sequence. This is the story about Moses using his rod the incorrect way. All right, Numbers chapter 20 and verse 1. Uh, then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. I mean, don't you think that uh, all these instances where they're out of water or out of food is all simply a test? I mean, the Lord's going to provide. We know that. You know, I mean, how do you take uh, or, 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 or how do you endure a test? You know, what's your response to it? You know, it's what's in your heart that determines a lot. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Well, here we go again. We wish we were dead. Uh, and why have you brought us? Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. Well, then the, water, the story goes on, and Moses does provide water. Although he's so angry with them that he uses his staff the wrong way, and what does he end up doing? He strikes the rock twice. And the Lord says, you know, because you disobeyed me, Moses, you cannot lead the children of Israel into the promised land. So Moses died before he entered the promised land, and, and we know that it was Joshua that actually led the children in. Um, so he was criticized, and Moses, and he got ticked off. I mean, he, he, got, he got angry. I mean, can you blame him? I can't. I, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, if I were Moses, I probably would have blown my stack, you know, the very first time. All right? So, so leadership is often misrepresented and falsely accused. Leadership is often misrepresented and falsely ac accused. And we've seen that an awful lot. Let's look over in Matthew for a good example of that. Let's look over in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 and verse 59. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. So they, they couldn't find anything real to hold against him. Right? They couldn't, could they? No, there was nothing. So they decided that they were going to have to make something up. 
And that's what we're talking about here. But found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last two at the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now of course he's totally misquoting what the Lord Jesus said, isn't he? So what is he? Well, he's a false witness. He's falsely accused. And this happens often, oftentimes to leaders. Let's look over in Acts chapter 13. Acts, Acts chapter 13 and verse number 44. This is a story about Paul. Uh, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. So in other words, they were making things up that just plain and simply weren't true. Trying to contradict and falsely accuse Paul. Let's look over at verse number 50. Verse 50. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. And look at verse 51. This, that's a very telling verse. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. So in other words, if you don't want us here, you know, if you're going to make up stories about us, if you're going to blaspheme the word of God, see you later. And that's what they did. Uh, but that does happen to leaders. That does. They're falsely accused and misrepresented. So another thing we should be mindful of as Christians is we need to be mindful of one another. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. And let's go over to uh, verse number 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Now, that's totally contradictory to what human nature is, isn't it? Human nature is basically this. Somebody wronged you, you're going to wrong them back, and you're probably going to double it. Right? I mean, we see that a lot. I mean, I can't look at the news anymore without being amazed and being alarmed at what's going on, you know, by, by what you see. You see people with godless nature that would have... Uh, you, you see people with a godless nature that would have anything to do with these two verses. But as Christians, but as Christians, it's our responsibility to not only know what these verses say, but to practice them as well. You know, it's not enough to have church leadership, but you have to have church partnership. You have to have church partnership with every member doing their share. And I think we've talked about that already. You know, and, uh, you know, we all have a gift. You know, find out what that gift is and get involved. Let's look at First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four, and we'll look at verse number seven. First Peter chapter four, verse seven. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So in other words, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't let your mind get to wandering. You know, focus on the things that you need to focus on and be prayerful about it. And above all things, 
Have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, some of the modern Bibles, they, they, they change that word charity and they, and they make it love, which is a mistake. It's a terrible mistake. It's a horrible mistake. Because charity is a love that expects nothing in return. And that's a very, very big difference. It's a very big difference. Charity is love that expects nothing in return. And that's the attitude that we need to have towards each other. And again, uh, you know, you may have it in your church. You know, we may have it in my church. But, you know, we can all use a reminder every now and then. Now, Paul specifies certain kinds of Christians that may need help. Okay? And this is something that we should all be mindful of. Uh, he says the unruly. He says the unruly. You know, young Christians can be unruly, can't they? Weren't you? Uh, you know, they can be careless because they don't know what the Word of God says. They don't know what the book says. The book is plain about what our conduct should be. And the more you study it and the more you realize that, the better off you're going to be. Uh, but as a congregation and as older, more mature Christians, it's our job as a congregation to be patient with young Christians and remind them of certain things. Well, let's look over in First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five, uh, and you know you should always do it in a loving way. You know you don't get into somebody's face and read them a riot act, mostly because that doesn't work, right? First uh, Timothy chapter five, and let's, let's look at verse twenty. 1 Timothy 5, verse 20. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. Now that's the extreme, all right? That's the extreme right there. Uh, if you have to confront somebody that's a continual lawbreaker, somebody who continually offends, don't be afraid to tell them about it, even if it's in front of somebody else. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, approaching somebody with this charity, with this love, reminding them of what their behavior should be based on the word of God, that's a good starting point. That's a good starting point. Let's look over at, at uh, Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 10. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Well, that's pretty strong. But again, if you study through 1 Timothy uh, especially chapter five, you'll begin to realize that uh, that the you know when the church has people that come in and that profess to be to be one thing and and then they come in and they practice something else, you know it could be very hurtful, it could be very harmful to the church. So it's not only the job of the pastor, but of all of us, all of us, to make sure that that doesn't happen. You know, to make sure that that somebody doesn't come in the church and try to be subversive. You know, spreading things that aren't biblical. Practice behaviors that aren't biblical or Christian. We all, every one of us, have that obligation to each other. Uh, he says the feeble-minded. He says the feeble-minded. You know, if, if people aren't as sharp as you are, you know, don't talk down to them. Help them. You help them in a charitable way. You help them. You don't have to talk down to people. You know, it, it honestly, it doesn't help. Uh, you can approach them with this with a spirit of love, a spirit of. Um, spirit of, uh, you know, what can I do for you? You know, that's true charity. That's true charity. So encourage them, encourage them, you know, the weak, the, uh, the immature in the Lord. Uh, there's a really good chapter on that over in Romans 
And uh, how about we go over there? Romans chapter 14. Uh, Romans chapter 14. Paul kind of lays it all out for us over there. So let's look at it. And uh, Romans chapter 14. Now, this, this is a great chapter. All right. And this is a great chapter about the weak and about the strong. Uh, Christian conduct toward the weak. Romans chapter 14. And let's, let's look at verse number one. Romans 14, verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful dis- disputations. So in other words, um, don't admit them to the congregation if they're going to continue in their ways of doubtful dis- disputations. Uh, he calls it doubtful disputations, but it's heresy to the word. All right, It's discord, sowing discord. All right, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despiseth him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. So in other words, none of that stuff matters. God said everything was okay to eat. To a certain common sense point, of course. Okay, Uh, uh, That's not something you should pick apart, though, in someone's life. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Well, who's the man's master? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Same as yours. Right? Yea, he shall be holden up. For God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be be fully persuaded in his own mind. So all of this stuff is just details. Just details. What we really want to do is make sure that we share a common faith and a common Savior, and we focus on what the Word says. We focus on what the book says. All right? People can get caught up in arguing over details. And honestly, folks, it really doesn't matter. When you really get down to it, it, honest, it really doesn't matter. I mean, what matters is that person's salvation and that person's walk with the Lord. You know, If you're a mature Christian, if you've been saved for a while, you've got a responsibility to guide that person into maturity. I hate to tell you that, but that's your responsibility. He that regardeth a day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. Again, details. Details. For none of us liveth to himself, and none of us, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. So that doesn't change, does it? It really doesn't matter about you know all these little things. It really doesn't. What's the most important thing? The most important thing is: Are you the Lord's, or are you not? For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Well, that's the great equalizer right there, isn't it? That's the great equalizer in the unsaved world as well. All right, because, uh, you know, they'll all stand before the great white throne judgment, unfortunately. That's the great equalizer. 
And the, remember, the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ are two different things. The judgment seat of Christ is for the believer. The great white throne judgment is for the unbeliever. The judgment seat of Christ is for the saved. The great white throne judgment is for the unsaved. All right. And, uh, you know, people are doing things today that they think they're going to get away with. They do. And you do, too. You know, but you're not. And they're not. We all ha we have the same kind of responsibility to examine ourselves as to how our conduct is to other people. And also to remember that, that um, we'll be rewarded or suffer loss based on our works in the body of Christ. Your, you know, your salvation, if you're saved, if you're truly saved, you're a blood-bought, born-again, Bible-believing Christian, your salvation is set, but there are, are rewards to be gained or rewards to be lost by your conduct, by your actions. All right, let's look at verse 11, Romans 14, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow, to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Well, that's another awesome responsibility. Just, you know, just to keep that in mind, you know, don't say something, you know, don't do something that could be a stumbling block to somebody else in the body, to somebody else in the church. You know, keep that person in mind. Be mindful of that person, even more so than yourself. So keep that in mind as you're going through your daily life. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So in other words, uh, why bother trying to change his mind? Why bother? That's the thing. It really doesn't matter. Stick with what's important. Just stick with what's important. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. So if you're in somebody's house, and they don't believe in eating meat, and you brought a hamburger for lunch, well, you know what? Don't eat it. <laughs> All right? Don't eat it. Eat something that they would approve of. So you don't cause them to stumble because all that is, all that is folks is just detail, something that we can do. Let not then your evil, let not then your good be evil spoken of. So as Christians, we have a certain conduct and if we stumble, what does the world do? What does the world do? Well, man, they point that right out to you right away, don't they? immediately they point it right out at you so we want to try not to stumble especially with regards to each other now um we'll we'll, we'll always be falsely accused right and that'll never change there's nothing that we can do about it as far as as far as it is with you you can control certain 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 you can control certain situations and circumstances i'm sorry uh, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. So there's what we need to focus on right there. All right. 
how how can I? Uh, what what can I focus on that'll edify the church, uh, or or this group of people, or or this person? What can I focus on? What does the Lord really want me to do in this situation? For for a meat destroyed not the work of God. Again, focusing on things that really don't matter. You know, uh, don't stick don't stick to your guns on something that the Lord doesn't want you to focus on. Okay, I guess that's the point. Um, all things are all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. So, in other words, I'm going to do this, and I don't care what you think. Well, that's the wrong attitude to have about something, isn't it? God says no; that that's not the right way to approach it. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. And that's a great chapter, by the way. If you really want to study that, that's a great chapter. Our attitudes toward men should be patience, should be love, not returning evil for evil. You know, that's that's what it should be. And another thing, you know, we're always supposed to be thankful. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a, a, so much to be thankful for. And the more you study that, the more you understand that, the more gifts that you uncover, the more promises that you uncover in this book, the more thankful you should be. And with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back and continue on with First Thessalonians chapter 5. Got to give my voice a rest. We'll be right back. forever 
folks we are back this is the sword of the spirit podcast and my name is joseph russiello i'm your bible ho- your bible teacher and your host for this uh for this episode and uh we're studying first thessalonians in chapter five so uh let's look back in first thessalonians chapter five and uh, let's continue on with our study now these verses that we're going to go over right now we touched on these a few weeks ago uh they're wonderful verses absolutely wonderful verses uh let's look at first thessalonians chapter five and verse 16 Uh, The Bible says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now let's look over in Psalm 100. Psalm 100. How should we approach the Lord? When we come to church, when we get to our prayer room or our prayer closet, when we wake up in the morning, how should we approach the Lord? Verse 4 of Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's the attitude that we should all have right there. That's it right there. If you have that attitude in the morning, when you get up, it changes your whole day. It changes your whole day. It makes it, 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 it makes it very difficult to focus on things that will bring you down. And that happens to all of us. You know, things happen. It gives you a bad day. But at the same time, if you have this verse in your heart, maybe on your mind, maybe on your refrigerator, you know, then it'll help you. Rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter chapter 3. And again, practical Christianity. How do we do this? You know, how do we do Christianity? Verse 15, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now, it doesn't say to be thankful for what, does it? It just says, be thankful. So obviously, the Lord knows there's a lot to be thankful for. And if you just want to sit down and, and write a list of things to be thankful for, believe me, it's going to take you a long time, and it'll it'll... But it'll take your mind off things. It'll take your mind off the things that you shouldn't be thinking of. Now, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean a constant mumbling of prayers. All right? Uh, Look over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus addressed this himself. 
And uh, it's kind of interesting, too, that you know a lot of cults have, have an issue with this when they pray. Right? Verse 17. I'm sorry, correction. Verse 7. Uh, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. God doesn't care how much you talk. Okay? He cares about what's in your heart, doesn't he? That's what he cares about. You know, he knows what you're praying about before you even start to pray. In your heart, that's where things need to come from. For the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? His word should be in your heart. You know what to ask for in his will. Uh, you know, if you know that, if you understand that, it won't be anything selfish. You know, and it won't take long for him to clear it up, to hear it either. Uh, but praying without ceasing has its own meaning that we can that we can utilize on a daily basis. Uh, for example, praying while you're driving down the street. Just don't close your eyes, okay? You know, uh, praying when you're driving down the street, praying about things that concern you. God listens all the time. He'll listen to you anytime, wherever you pray, whenever you pray. He'll listen. He's always there. Pray without ceasing. You know, true prayer is the attitude of the heart and, and the desire of the heart. Look over at Psalm 10. Psalm 10 and look at verse 17. Psalm 10 and verse 17. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Psalm 21. Look at Psalm 21. Psalm 21 and verse 2. Thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. Selah. So now how does that happen? How does the Lord give him his heart's desire? Well, right here. Right here. It's right in front of you. You study his book. You study his book. You study his word. And the desires will be and, the, and those desires will be in your heart. The ones that he hears. Put his word in your heart. Psalm 37. Let's look at Psalm 37. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So delighting yourself in the Lord involves studying. It involves praying. It'll keep you closer to him. It'll keep, it'll keep you in constant communion with him confessing your sins on a daily basis you know it really is a fellowship thing you have to keep on it every single day that's how you get in that position let's look at psalm 145 psalm 145 and verse 19 he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him he also will hear their cry and will save them what a great verse what an absolutely great verse that is when our heart desires what god desires we're praying all day long as the Spirit intercedes for us and in us. You know, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Paul writing in verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought. Isn't that true? I think that's true. Many times. The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
So God's will is being worked in our lives through the Holy Spirit. He makes intercessions for us. He prays in a way that God desires, and he hears our prayers. When we pray for others, God honors those prayers. Those are the prayers that he wants to hear. We pray for each other. We pray for each other. Uh, a Christian also has to be careful in worship. He has to be careful in worship. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll pick it up in verse 19. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Now, prophesying in the early church was the immediate work of the Holy Spirit, as each prophet would give his message from God. But you've got to remember that Satan is a counterfeiter. So each message had to be tested. Let's look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's look at verse 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that ye may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now, we don't see that nowadays, right? We don't see that. But back in those days, that was the way that a prophet was heard. He had a certain time that, that he had to speak and a certain procedure that he had to follow. And what they had to do was test him by that procedure. If they followed that procedure, that was something that would prove the prophet. Uh, the danger was that they would go overboard in emotional abuses or, or they would quench the spirit by rejecting the revelation. And that's why the verse says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Okay? All right, now this is the last one. Uh, and that is, be faithful in daily, sir, in daily conduct. Be faithful in daily conduct. Back to First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, honestly, this is the hard part. All right, verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Well, there you are. You're saved, and nothing can change that. All right, verse 25, brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from behavior that can be misunderstood. You know, if you're going to go out there and say, praise the Lord, You've, and you've got stickers on your car, and you've got a T-shirt that says "Born Again" on it. Be careful. Be extra careful. Be extra careful with the jokes you tell, with the stories that you tell, with the people that you associate with, uh, that you laugh at, that you laugh with. You know the way you drive. You get the idea. You see what I'm saying? We all have a responsibility to live a certain way. You know, God expects it. It's not easy to do, but you know, wake up with a thankful heart. Pray without ceasing and just rejoice and rejoice. And that brings a conclusion to our study in the book of First Thessalonians. And that is all the time we have for today. We went kind of long today, so uh, I hope you uh, stayed with us. And I hope you got a real blessing out of the message. So uh, before we go, why don't you, uh, you know, head over to our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com. Uh, 
send us a message on the comments page or email me directly info at sort of the spirit podcast.com. And I just want to, again, want to say thank you so much to everyone for tuning in and, uh, for your feedback. And, uh, again, if the Lord leads you to do it, you know, click that support this podcast button and, uh, whatever contribution there you can make, we would really, really appreciate it. So once again, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. May God bless you. May God keep you. And have a great, great, great day. Take care. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then Who cares about the clouds that we're Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.